Do you have that teacher pal in your life that you can go to that person and say, hey, I'm thinking about this new idea or hey, I'm kind of in this situation or can we chat out this solution that's kind of marinating and I need to see if it's actually a reasonable solution. We understand as teachers, we're not always going to have the perfect answer. We're not even always going to have the right answer. But we've got this thing called teacher gut. And teacher gut is the chance for us to say, you know what? I might need to say no. I might need to get another opinion. I might need to do some more research. And we can do that with a principal. But sometimes the person that we need to really check our gut with is ourselves. And that's actually what we're going to talk about in this episode is when it comes to teacher choice and voice, how does our teacher gut, how does our teacher radar play a role in that? Well, because somebody that I go to when I am struggling are other teacher friends, I thought this was a perfect episode to invite my teacher BFF, Jack Berkmeyer, to the episode. Jack is not only a great friend, but he's an incredible educator. And on a weekly basis, I am calling him or texting him and checking in to see how things are going in his teacher world. And he's doing the same for me. So in this Teacher Life podcast, a lot of the times I'm sharing ideas, stories, and strategies, just me and the microphone. But every once in a while, special occasions like this occur, and I get to sit down with trusted friends, and we get the chance to chat, and we record those chats. So that's exactly what we are going to do in this episode, and I think it's going to help guide your teacher gut in a really good direction. So let's get into it. There is awesome in every single school day. So here is the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities where can we find teaching tips and tricks where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies that is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer so welcome to all my teacher friends my name is monica genta and i am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast this teacher life. Do you feel that teachers are empowered to do what they believe is best for kids? Well, I think it depends. It's that okay. it's that same adage of where you're at, your confidence as a teacher, your mm -hmm. ability to communicate some of those things that you're willing to do, and you're not, and you're not disrespectful, rude, and those kinds of things. Because right. I think you know the last thing I want people to think is that oh, I can do anything I want as a teacher. That's mm -hmm. not real, and that's yeah. not true. You know, part of it is articulating it to others and, right. and and actually being able to this 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 idea for me about that teacher gut yes. was really the issue of I'm that old school guy, right? I'm the guy that literally would say. 
well, I think we do this because it's the right thing to do for kids. Yeah. I didn't worry about all the repercussions, and maybe that was naive and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, I didn't have a lot of people backlash with yeah. me. Because I think now, it's like if we're sitting here and saying, well, let's try this. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what if a parent doesn't like this? You know? Yeah. Or even, how about this? I, I literally, in some classrooms I'm observing, was where a teacher will say, let's try this activity. And the kid goes, I'm not doing that. And then mm-hmm. the teacher feels defeated. And then yeah. now suddenly doesn't want to do activities with their kids. No, no, no. That's one kid. I don't want one kid poo-poo in my dream. That's yeah. my gut. Right. You will not poo-poo my dream. You can go and sit and do this activity. Mm-hmm. and But I'm still doing this with the other kids. Yeah. And I think that's that teacher gut. Like, we, we do we cave? Maybe that's it. Do we cave faster? Do we feel like we are... Not able to make decisions. I guess this is why I struggle with this topic. I think it's huge yeah. in regards to yeah. you and I were even talking about people on social media and, and right. sometimes the things they say, like I've seen people say, things I'm going to do till I get fired. Not That's not teacher no. empowerment or no. gut. That's just, I think, to get viewership. But you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, I help me break it down because my well, brain is all over with this one and it's a struggle bus. I hear you. And I think from my. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> The SEL teacher, the SEL teacher in me just definitely came out. This kid goes on a rant and you're not really sure what to say. So what do you say? I hear you. I don't know what the hell you said. Yeah, but I heard it, I think. Um, So. uh, Focus. Focus. So here's my thing. And I think likely classroom teachers uh, can relate to this is I feel like there is this, I found something that would be really good for kids. I found a novel, I found an activity, I found an article, I found something that would be really good for kids. Yeah. But it is not part of the approved curriculum. And even though there's not something highly controversial, and even though there is not something that is going to get the school board all heated up or a community member heated up, it's not part of our curriculum. Right. And there are those people in communities who are lurching onto any teacher and any person they can find being like, that, you should not have taught my kid that. You didn't send a waiver. You didn't send a letter. It's not part of the curriculum. I don't want my kids learning that. And while I believe that parents get te- uh, like voice and choice, I think, but so do teachers. Yeah. So where's the balance on that? Well, and most people right now as a teacher don't feel overly supported potentially by school boards yeah. or those kinds of things where it's like, you know, we, we the cave. Everyone yeah. is caving. Everyone's caving. I swear, the last book I ever write in education will be No is an Option. Yeah. Like we really can tell parents and people no. Like yeah. that's, not, that's not something you do. So I think you are correct. I mean, the only thing I would do in that situation is go, we are by departments, even mm-hmm. in middle school, there's the PLCs and department stuff. So would I get together and, and share with my colleagues, hey, this is a potential article that I want to use as a supplemental. Mm-hmm. I think the more unified you are in your front, the more possibility of feeling more empowerment. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So that it wasn't just you that kind of made this decision. The, the, the joke right now is, is like, I remember I was a social studies teacher. What a great job social studies was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't assessed in many states. Yeah. It was a curriculum that had a lot of things that could be interactive. Mm-hmm. And now they're under the one of the most scrutinized subject areas in regard, you know, I mean, in regards to what can I say, what can I say and all that. So I get that. But I think if you actually do go with your department and say, I'd like to add this material, then the question becomes, then do you add that as well as the other seventh grade teacher? I I think that's when I could get my teacher gut back. Yeah. But I'm cautious now. Like, and I never used to be as cautious Mm -hmm. as I am. Yeah. But I'm also going to take the other side where I think I would be kind of gutsy and kind of get my teacher gut back. And 
schools that, that I work with in regards to teaming, I talk about this all the time. How many of you have a kid that mathematically will fail the class three days before grades come out, mm-hmm. right? And, and I call them super Fs, right? Okay. What is a super F? A super F is a 14%. Yeah. You know, you did math. Name the next assignment you're doing that's worth 189%. Yeah. Never. Yeah. So mathematically, this kid cannot catch up, right? Yeah. Well, so, because 14 and 189 doesn't, what that doesn't oh, even make sense. Okay. <laughs> so on. let's, hold, yeah. 14. Yeah. Divided by seven. With that said. <laughs> Where's my abacus? Yeah. <laughs> so. Chisenbop, Chisenbop. <laughs> Nine times eight, 72. Okay. I don't even know what she, what is Chisenbop? Isn't that like where you're like, you can use your fingers to create calculations? I've never You've never it. seen the nine tricks? I've seen that, but I've not yeah. heard that. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Well. This kid is sitting in science where mathematically he is going to fail. Or right, she's right, fail, right, right. And here's my question. They have a 52% for me. Yeah. Why is that kid not in my class three days before the end of the grading period to work on my class? Yeah. See, that's gut. Yeah. This is because that's the right thing to do. Right. But then I deal with teachers that go, well, he's going to miss my end of the quarter exam. And I think this is where teacher gut is also the empowering piece. Yeah. I have to be able to say to my colleague, Monica, he has a 14% in your class. Mm -hmm. Is your end of the quarter exam worth 5,000 points? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like, now you chose a big number. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Because here's the truth. After he takes the exam, he's going to have a 9%. Yeah. Let's increase achievement by not having him take that test. But yet, the 52, he can fight out of. Yeah. Correct? Right. So empowerment would be me literally saying, I think that kid should come for me for two mm-hmm. days. And by the way, when I talk to schools about this, why can't that be from a kid to move from a C to a B or a B to an A? Yeah. What did we learn during COVID? Grades don't matter. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. you know, so I'm all in on that. That was mm-hmm. a good one, wasn't yeah, was. it? That was like, mm-hmm. I think earwax came out. Anyway, <laughs> I think that that's kind of the stuff I'm talking about with empowerment is that mm-hmm. we talk to each other as teachers. We have a unified front. Yeah, if you need to send an email home to mom and say, hey, we're thinking about keeping Jonathan in science or in math to mm-hmm. get to pass the class. You know, if mom says no, Move on.org because yeah. at least you up. Yeah. You tried. You tried, yeah. Because yeah. I think then we cave and, oh, we can't do this for any parent. No, no, no. That was just one wackadoodle. Yeah. No, I hear you. I think for me, when I think of teacher empowerment, I think of permission. Empowerment is permission for teachers to teach the curriculum and try ideas that are unique to them yeah. that work for them. Yeah. I think one of the the biggest mistakes that schools, teachers, hallways, schools make is that we try to mimic quote unquote the best teacher. Be more like so and so. Do it more like that person. And I think that is a tragic mistake. Our kids need different personalities. Our kids need different um, expectations. Mm. Our kids need different types of learning environments. And so what is empowerment for teachers is to say, I get to go into my classroom each day. And while I am required to teach this curriculum, I get permission to teach it in a way that is going to positively impact the kids. So you're saying maybe being proactive too, which is, um, I was lucky I had good relationships with my administrators. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, I could walk in and sit yeah. down and say, hey, Mr. Whitney, I'm yeah. thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, And he was at least a bigger thinker than I was. Because yeah. administrators think stuff that we don't think about. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. what, the rolling it out ramification stuff. And I think that he always admired because at least I gave him a heads up that I was trying something different. Yeah. You know, we did this whole legislative thing where kids got to create bills, write bills, vote. We were in a mm-hmm. mock Senate. And again, you know, 
it was something that related to that curriculum, but I took it into a whole different dimension. But I yeah. did say to him because I wanted him to come in and also look at the bills because he was like governor and he had yeah. the right to veto. Yeah. So I think that if you have a really methodical, well thought out idea that is a good teacher gut, mm-hmm. I think when it fails is when you don't articulate that with others yeah. or administration. Right. And then it's like, well, then they tell me no. Well, you know what? In today's day and age, if you don't ASK, you don't GET. Right. That's one of That's my ask, favorite lines. It's ask and get. Yeah. For those of you that thought it was a, a rubric. Yeah. Well, I get why they would think it was a rubric. Right. In fact, I want to give an example. Is this of, like a call from Poughkeepsie coming in? No. <laughs> no. But I, so the other day, like, I posted an idea that worked yeah. for me. Okay. I post an idea on like TikTok or Instagram and this idea is one of my favorite ideas. It works really, really, really great for me, for my students, and for the climate and the culture of the classroom that I have created based off of my personality and the age and the ability of my students. Got it. So a teacher feels interestingly empowered to write, nope, you're teaching them not to trust your words. Glad you're amusing yourself with this idea, but it's a big note for me. Not going to take this bonkers suggestion. To which I think, that's fine. Yeah. You do you, boo. Mm-hmm. Right? Seriously. Yeah. Like, this, I am not implying that every single teacher needs to like every single strategy, every single idea, that kind of thing. So I responded. I was like, Okay, I think if there uh, wasn't a positive climate and culture in my classroom, then you're correct. This would never work and this would create distrust. On the flip side of that, when you have awesome relationships with students and have an amazing classroom culture that creates laughter and shared leadership, this works because that's the hidden message, sending love your way. And you know, if I give a rant and then sending love your way, you know that it was like, girl, I also felt empowered. It's a dig. And I don't, I don't get that way very often, but I think what I wanted to prove is you can feel empowered to yeah. have that opinion. Yes. That doesn't mean that you are going to like every single idea of your parents, of your principals, yeah. of, your, of your people in your classroom, but that's okay. Why do we have to get all pissy about it? Well, okay. So... No different than one of the things that I'm struggling with, schools are struggling with wherever yeah. I go, is student apathy. Yeah. Like the biggest thing is, is I miss the old days mm-hmm. when I literally, and I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to this person that, that sent you this message yeah. because I want them to say the same to me after I yeah. share this. Yeah. And that is the old days. I loved it because you'd hand out a piece of paper and the kid would piddle fart with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they'd yeah. move it around. They wouldn't yeah. tell you they're not doing it. They'd take that pencil and they'd circle in the E's and put yeah. color in the E's and they wouldn't tell you they're not doing it. Yeah. And, and when you walked over, they'd pretend they're writing. Right? Yeah. And so nowadays with our, with this generation of kids that we have, you haven't even handed out the paper and the kids go, I'm not doing this. Yeah. All right. I'm coaching teens to say, why not have a writer of refusal form, mm-hmm. which literally says to the kid, you will fill out this form. And it says the name, the date, why you're choosing not to do this assignment, mm-hmm. which by the way is still manipulation, which forces them to write. Right. And then they sign it and date it and how they can make up this assignment. This is where I want teacher empowerment. I want to be able, because for years we've done this wrong, Mm -hmm. when a parent comes in, what do I say? Well, he's missing his work and he's not doing his work. Okay, that's vague, that's vague, that's vague. Mm -hmm. That is wrong. Imagine opening a file folder with 29 right of refusal forms with that assignment attached Mm -hmm. to it. See, what I'm getting now is, well, that's shaming a kid. No. That is, I'm tired of working harder than the child. Yeah. It is so easy for that kid to say to me, I'm not doing this. 
Monica, mm-hmm. I'm handing you a piece of paper. Say it to me. I'm not doing this. But I need you to do this because if not, you're going to fall behind. I don't care. But you know what? It'll affect your grade. Um, I don't care about yeah, grades. Yeah, okay, here we go. Who just worked harder than Monica did? Yeah. I did. Right. And see, that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts when you get that response is, no, my teacher gut says, no, this kid has to do something. Okay, so let me, let me teach your um, role reverse this because I know there are teachers listening to this saying, well, if they refuse to do the assignment, aren't they also refusing to do the right of refusal form? I got it. And yeah. I know you have an answer for I this because I know, I know what you would do because it's the same thing I would do. But I know there are people who are like, this would never work. Why would they write the form if they're not going to write the assignment? True. And it's true. If you're thinking that, you're and, right. And thank you for good. Because yes. like I said, it's a good follow-up. Yeah. Because I also say this. How many of you have literally sent an email home yeah. to a kid that's missing work? And right. my response is, why are you sending that email? Right. Right? And so uh, if, if we had advisory, I'd be doing mm-hmm. that on advisory on yeah. a Friday. And here's, I'm going to put it into the same premise. If the kid refuses to do the email, I would literally go over to that computer and I would go, dear Mrs. Smith, this is Mr. Berkmeyer, and mm-hmm. your child is refusing to let you know what he or she is missing, right? Mm-hmm. I care about your child and their success, and that's why I'm sending you this email. That, mm-hmm. that, that but is, is, it, but is that you working send. harder than that kid? It is, but here's the deal, is that doing this, I'm hoping to communicate with the parent that they're going to hopefully support me and say, why aren't you filling this out? Yeah. Same thing with the form. But I keep hitting you on all of these. Ooh, I am so ooh, sorry. <laughs> I, same thing, I would literally write on there. Because mm-hmm. when the mom comes in and says, why is he failing? I'm not only going to say he's refusing to do the work, he also won't even fill out the right of refusal form. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the king of manipulation. <laughs> I'm going to get her fired up. So let's say that I have a true false <laughs> thing for the kid to fill out and the right of refusal. I would literally say, all you have to do is circle here. <laughs> this is yeah. Well, I'm not going to take the bait on that. This because... is easier than the form. But do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and here's the thing. We talked about a lot about mixed messages for kids in yeah. other episodes. If all teachers do the right of refusal, can we hypothetically wear them down and then they just say it's not worth doing the right of refusal yeah. form? Well, that then we have clear and consistent expectations as a school. Yes. And that's a systems issue. Mm-hmm. And I could do an entire episode yeah. on systems issues, but... And I just, like I said, I want people to still feel like they are creative, mm-hmm. that they are innovative, and that they can think. Yeah. Ab- you know, above this norm, normal, norm, that's not a word, but anyway, yeah. being the normal box red. Right. And, you know, like I said, the kid that sits there, like I said earlier, who's who's not going to pass that class, mm-hmm. why, why are they there? Like, you know, like, I feel, then we make a banner, which I said in another episode, which is, achievement is based on a bell. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, some kids need more time. Some kids, you know what? Imagine a kid redoing a project that could move from a C to a B. I just want a teacher to look at this situation. One size doesn't fit all. Mm -hmm. This kid, this works for. This kid, this works for. Putting all kids in a remediation program, Mm -hmm. you know, which all have a great name. Have you ever noticed like soar, achieve, thrive, which really just means you aren't doing shit. Like literally, and they put a nice name to it. Well, not all kids can do that. Yeah. You know, not, it doesn't work for all kids. Yeah. This kid might just need to sit with me. This kid might need to go to Thrive or Soar or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I, I just, I, I well, just I, want us to feel like we can do those things. And I know I might be too Pollyanna. Well, no. I think, too. First of all, I don't even know what that means. Second of all. <laughs> okay. Second of all, I think to summarize. I, I so hate you right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Pollyanna? I, I it was just a, Never mind. Okay. Nonetheless, I think, I think to summarize truly. 
is empowerment means options mm, for me. Got it. If we are truly empowered, we are having options as teachers. We are giving kids options as kids. Yeah. And our principals are giving us permission to have options in the school. That's how I would summarize it. You yeah. get one sentence. Yeah. Empowerment for education is. Yeah. Uh, Pollyanna is your Hannah Montana. Get the best <laughs> of both worlds. I still have absolutely no idea what he's talking about when it comes to Pollyanna, but I do know this. Empowering teachers and empowering our students with choice and voice is absolutely one of the greatest things that we can do to get schools and students headed in a good direction. Sometimes we have to trust our gut and we realize that we're doing things with kids and they're not responding. They're not building college career and life readiness skills. They're bored or they feel like something is cheesy. One of the things that my teacher gut led me to do to empower myself and empower my students was to create 180 days of awesome SEL. What's 180 days of awesome SEL? It is a completely finished, highly engaging, highly effective, highly motivational SEL curriculum that is gonna get your kids participating and communicating and truly peeling back those layers that's gonna help control their social and emotional awareness when they don't wanna fill out that right of refusal form. How cool would it be if students were engaged in the learning process, could manage their emotions all at the same time? See, here's the thing, our teacher gut is something that is guiding us in education. But sometimes what we need is a guide towards curriculum that is actually going to work. If you are looking for something to help build relationships with your students and make an impact on a social and emotional level, you can go to monicagenta.com forward slash 180SEL. That's monicagenta.com forward slash 180SEL. I'm also going to put a direct link for that resource in the show notes so you can take a look at that so you can help that gut check process that could be happening in your heart and in your head. Now, if you enjoyed this episode with Jack Berkmeyer, be sure and give him a follow. Not only is he an incredible educator, but he's also a great friend. As a reminder, these episodes of the This Teacher Life podcast are dropped every Sunday evening so you are ready for your Monday morning commute to school. I want to thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast so it drops into your listening platform every single week. But most importantly, I want to thank you for living this teacher life.